One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to Recall the Midwife. We are three super fans and each week we watch and discuss the episode. So please join us. Today we are discussing season five, episode two. I'm Becky. I'm Alex. I'm Jen. A quick reminder that this week's episode deals with cancer, death and dying, dementia and postnatal trauma. So if those are topics you would prefer to skip this time, we understand and hope you join us for the next one. In this week's episode, we meet Stella and Johnny Beckett. Stella is at the end of her pregnancy and Johnny has been out of work for almost six months. Money is tight and they fight about how they are going to make things work once the baby arrives. Johnny keeps saying there isn't any work for him, but Stella thinks he has had a change of heart about their family and is being lazy about getting a job. Barbara is caring for Stella. Stella and tries to help the couple but doesn't have much effect. Stella and Johnny have a big fight and she kicks him out. When Johnny is discovered collapsed at his old job, he is sent to the hospital and they discover the truth. Johnny is at the end of a battle with cancer and only has a few days to live. Stella asks for Barbara's help to induce labor so Johnny can at least meet his firstborn. Stella delivers just in time and Johnny gets to meet his son in the last few minutes of his life. Meanwhile, our other expectant mother, Connie Manley, is being cared for by Sister Evangelina. Connie has inverted nipples. After she gives birth, she struggles to breastfeed. Sister Evangelina is adamant that Connie keep trying and misses the signs that Connie is really suffering. When Connie's husband comes to Nanata's house looking for help, Sister Mary Cynthia answers the call and realizes that Connie is not the only one in bad shape. Her baby is dehydrated and close to serious health problems if he doesn't get food soon. Cynthia puts baby on formula immediately and tells Sister Evangelina about Connie. Sister Evangelina is sorry and after some thought asks to be allowed to go to an austere convent for six months in order to reflect. Meanwhile, Nurse Crane begins taking Spanish lessons and makes friends with a fellow classmate. Tommy tells Phyllis he lost his wife and they begin to form a friendship. Phyllis starts to see Tommy as something more, but when she does a district visit to a lady with long-term dementia, she discovers Tommy's secret. Phyllis is hurt and it's Patsy who gives her the advice and encouragement she needs to work through her feelings and return to Spanish class and hopefully forgive Tommy. Whew! Girls. (laughs) I'm <laughs> uh, just gonna just gonna say really fast. I watched this episode, and I don't know if I don't know if anyone of the listeners can tell. I have a little bit of a cold right now. 
I'm I'm drinking a gallon of tea and, and doing cough drops while we record. But I watched this yesterday, perhaps in a haze of, you know, cold-induced sentimentalism or whatever. But this episode hit me like a ton of bricks. And at the moment, I feel like it's in my top five all-time Call the Midwife episodes. I just am on another level with this episode. I cannot wait to talk about it. <laughs> just <laughs> well, I say have that. to say, I feel the same way about Stella Beckett as you did yeah. last week about Bernie Mullocks. Oh, same, there we go. Same, there we same. Go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's she is on a she's journey, trash. girls. She is trash. She's trash. Yeah. Stella Beckett is trash. She was t shirts saying Bernie Mullocks is trash and Stella Beckett. Is trash. <laughs> she evolved in a way Bernie didn't to me, but we'll get there because yes, it was a really painful journey with Stella for me. I agree with you. Yeah, she did evolve, but it's I just think too little, too late. Oh God. Oh God. Yeah, but also yes. when you say she evolved. I don't think she really did. She was still manipulating. She was still awful. She was there being like, to Barbara, make me go into the Jew. Are you going to have this baby without a parent? Make me, induce me. You have to. Like, she was horrible. Oh, I, no, I, I agree. I, I don't, I don't like have like a 100% good feeling for her by the end. I definitely do not. But I did try. Well, should we, before we get ahead of ourselves, should we kind of discuss Stella and Johnny to kind of from the get go, just get yeah. going with them right yeah. away? Okay. So we meet Stella at the clinic and uh-huh. she sees Barbara and she's under Barbara's care and uh-huh. she's really stressed. And Barbara decides to try and help her. And she's talking about the fact that her blood pressure is quite high. They obviously do that every time they have a midwife visit. And then she's at clinic and she says, uh, my dad always says, Barbara, in a good, good, you know, lovely manners. Trust God. God has a plan. No matter how dark the world appears, the sun always rises. And then she suggests breathing exercises. And Stella's like, that's the tip, is it? Breathing. Like, she's just a bitch. Like, there's no other way to describe her. Yeah. Um, obviously Actually, then they go into the depth of why she's so stressed right she has legitimate reason to be stressed i sure. mean i had some sympathy because she is really stressed because the, um johnny's been out of work for a while they don't mm-hmm. have money coming in mm-hmm. stella's sister's sending her money and they're basically living off that she doesn't know whether they're going to make rent so from that point of view i have some sympathy yeah. Yeah. but she basically forces johnny uh, she's just so harsh with johnny the way yeah. she says to him things like, you ain't got the backbone to work. You I'm ain't a man. Like, oh, I know. Yeah. yeah. Well, she she just goes right for the jugular. And it's it's just really painful to see because in the first conversation um, that they have together as a couple, earlier, just a few minutes earlier in the episode, Stella had been looking at like a baby stuff catalog with her friend of hers or another lady at the maternity, the, cl- the clinic. And the lady was like, oh, look, you can get the pram on layaway is what I thought she was saying. Like, buy it and then you pay it in installments yeah, kind of yeah. thing. And, um, and she was like, oh, so she goes to Johnny. They're having dinner that night. And she's like, oh, I really want this. And he's like, well, I just don't know how we're going to make that work. And she's like, well, can't you just give me like something or whatever? And he's like, well, can't you just want less? And she's like, it's a pram. And then she gets up and like storms away. And I was kind of like, I, at, at, in that moment, I was like, well, a pram is like a legitimate need. But then like, my god i mean the thing like she just like drills this man into absolute powder like every conversation they have she is so hard on him and she's just like the other thing that she does though like is is how in midwife that midwife visit for barbara 
Yeah. How awkward. She doesn't even just do it, just confined to their home. She does it in front of people. So I know. and it was awful. And they, they were going on about tramps for because there's some tramps outside. And he was like, Oh, they're all right. Yeah. She was just screaming about tramps in front of Barbara. <laughs> I know, I know. And it's like and no thought about like maybe how those men got that way, like why they're there, why they're in that situation. Like they're not there because they're trying to upset you, Stella. Like they're there because they're in a really hard position in life. Like maybe a little compassion i mean like that was what i thought about her for the first like 45 minutes of the show can you not have one ounce of compassion you're supposed to love this man why don't you care about what's going on with him is there ever a moment where you're gonna say why babe what's going on like why can't you get work is there something you're not telling me this isn't like you you know are you okay i mean those words literally never come out of her mouth but i know you say that it's only a pram that she wants but it is a top of the range pram that she wants Oh, no, totally, totally, yeah. Also, you can tell what of a nightmare she was because as soon as she had that pram, that was it, she was happy. She didn't really care about him or anything or the status or anything like that. As soon as she had the pram, done. I know. She's like, oh, now we can get back to how we really are. And it was just like, oh, Stella. So Johnny says he's been taken back on at the docks. So he's then come home with the pram. And as she said, she's then happy. Yeah. If it was me, I'd be like, we got that by putting his uh, hook, his, his... yeah, he pawned, he pawned his, pawned like... It. Yeah, sorry, carry on. Yeah, so he's, he's not back in work. But if they were so close to not being able to make their rent check, I would be thinking, well, do we need that pram or should we put that money towards our rent? Yeah, that's because you're not a moron. You're not selling. Right. You're not a horrible cow. Right. Also, can well, I just say, so she went to she went to the, his boss with his lunch and was um, asked him, where's Johnny? And he was like, I can't help you, Mrs. Becky. Like, as if he'd remember who she was out of all the wives of all the people. Can't yeah, help really, Becky. Really. And she's like, sorry, I don't, I don't really understand. I just need to know which dock Johnny's on, which which bay. And he was like, I can't help you, Mrs. Becky. He doesn't work here anymore. So then she collapses. The pie goes on the floor. What a waste of a good pie. How good did that pie look? It did look. I mean, for, <laughs> it to, for it to crumble so easily just shows how thin and flaky that crust is. And I was like, wow. <laughs> travesty honestly just put it on the countertop hun and then fall over you know what i mean no need to like have two casualties you know i was properly like salivating at that yeah so then oh god she says to barbara when um, when she she gets the pram she says um i can be harsh can't i nurse and i was like yes yes you can be harsh more than harsh yeah sorry well anyway mr beckett in the meantime, after lying, is sat in the hand and shears because that did, did no one ever, ever good ever, ever, but they all do it still. Yeah. And, and uh, he was sat in there and Barbara went to find him saying, you know, your wife's collapsed, you need to go to her. And he was like, oh, how dare you, nurse, tell someone, tell them that. And Barbara was so stern. I loved it. She was saying, she did not find out from me. She went to your boss and he told her that, because you told her that you were at work. She took her your lunch. She's so, she really stands up for herself now. She's got a real... Not yeah. hard side to her, but a more confident side to her. Yeah. Oh, she's Barbara's. Well, they say it in the episode. She's a warrior. She is. She is. I've got yeah. my notes here. Mrs. Beckett is a cow. I know it's the time, but <laughs> my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, really. Um, wait, what did I write in my notes about this? I thought I put something. So, anyway, so she's not very well, but then Barbara speaks to the... Oh, I said Barbara's a crusader. I said Barbara goes to Mr. Gilbert, Gilbert to advocate and is such a crusader. She's amazing. I know, I know we all needed that from me, but yes, anyways, that's what <laughs> yes, I we did, 100%. Everyone's yes. going to be clapping at home right now. I know. Um, so... Anyway, so Barbara goes to speak to the to the head guy and he does let Johnny back. She's like, you know, these men give their lives for you. If you don't give them, you don't have to give them that, but at least give them some respect. Like, she was brilliant. Yes, yes. He doesn't give the job back, though. He just is no, like, he oh, 
He does because no, Johnny's he doesn't. found in no, there. No, he no. Just goes, he just goes in there and collapses. Oh, yeah, I he, thought he gave he, him the she, job back. No, no, because no, he... she kicks him out, doesn't she? Because you ain't no good for me. <laughs> well, so no, yeah, you're exactly right, Begs. That's very good line reading there. But no, what happens is Barbara goes to the boss and she's like, listen, like, I don't understand what the problem is here. And he's like, you know, she's like, three generations have like worked for you and everything. And he was like, well, I'm sorry, but like, I found him like asleep on the job, like a number of times. She's like, he's like, there's plenty of guys who like actually will work when it's time to work. To be fair, when he said that, I was like, fair enough. Yeah, no, no, he was, he was really right. But again, I mean, the fact that no one like stopped to ask this man, like, are you okay? Like what's going on? You know what I mean? And obviously he didn't feel like he could say anything either. And so then Barbara says, okay, well, if you can't hire him back, like, at least show him some respect. Like, don't just, like, be so mean and rude about him. And then he's like, okay, well, you know, whatever. And he kind of goes off. And then she goes off. And then cut to Barbara in the kitchen with Stella and Johnny. And Stella is absolutely, like, eviscerating him. And then she's like, you know what? And then nurse says, oh, you have to calm down. Like, Barbara says, oh, you have to calm down. Like, you're gonna, you're too stressed. You're going to have high blood pressure. And she's like, yeah, you know what? This isn't good for my health or the baby. Like, get out. And then she kicks Johnny out. And then that's when he just, like, goes. He, for lack of anywhere else to be, he goes and just lays on the, I don't know, bags of whatever they are. Right. And, yeah. So I stupidly thought, I've seen this billions of times, but still thought they'd taken him back. Oh, I no, that's that was, okay. That was, a, in a, that was like, kind-hearted of him. Barbara, obviously, did a lot there. But obviously, I was wrong. Yeah. No, but and then though, I know terrible. what she felt like. I was pregnant that angry all the time. <laughs> well, she's clearly not in a great <laughs> headspace. And, like... She is under, like, legitimate stress. So, I, I mean, I like, I'll give her that. Like, she's not very nice about it, but, like, she really is under a lot of pressure, so. But she's adding, isn't she? She's horrible. She really was horrible. Oh, she was yeah. terrible to him. She was terrible so, to him. Anyway, so Johnny's found. He just, they can't wake him up. He's had a nosebleed. Yeah. He looks pale and... as death. He looks terrible. <laughs> he really did. Well, oh my he God, was the pale white... as death because he was dying. Yeah, yeah. The white makeup they put on that poor man. Oh, my God. He just looked <laughs> absolutely, like... Truly that whatever color that was is like truly like corpse, you know what I mean? Like just, <laughs> so oh. they diagnosed him with leukemia. I love how I'm laughing. They diagnosed them leukemia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Um, so then they're saying he's got days to live. And Mrs. by the way, Pickett, none of us are laughing at leukemia, okay? Like no. we all think that's very serious. So like that was not any. No, kind we're of laughing like... at corpses. Anyway. Yeah, we're laughing at the makeup, the bad makeup there. <laughs> But um, yeah, Mrs. Beckett was awful because she was, this is what I was talking about. She was so manipulating. She was like, you promised me you'd get me through this, nurse. Will you stand by your word? She's a manipulator. So poor Barbara yeah, is there. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, yeah, we will. Although I really yeah. did love Trixie volunteering to help Barbara and Juice. Yes, I agree. They took I a agree. chance it because it's not like nowadays just going to the hospital and being induced. They were just using old wives' tales of... Yeah, fair, cod I think liver it's quite oil similar and... though, Bex. They use like a pessary like they did here. They use, uh, they do this crochet that hook kind of thing that uh, that makes the waters break. They, yeah. It's very similar kind of stuff now, you know. Well, but now there's like a drug and stuff that you use to induce yeah. labor. You don't, you don't stick a crochet hook up somebody anymore for that. No, 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 no. no. Not do. in America. Well, Not they in America. They if they break the waters, but then they don't necessarily just break the waters to induce labor. But yeah, they, they it, there are more drugs involved nowadays. I like think nowadays, it's more painkillers though. I don't honestly. They put a pessary up there, which is like got hormones stuff. That's what they were doing. I can guarantee you. I have I have heard about induced labors over here and it's not just herbs stuck up your vagina and like a crochet hook like <laughs> there's actual <laughs> drugs that you're given that 
start the that sounds process. like something like, Gwyneth Paltrow has on a, on a yeah really <laughs> like a labor inducing vagina egg or something like that no 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 <laughs> like I can guarantee you there are drugs now that they use and it's not just these tell you what though so oh, they have the birth scene and the death scene pretty much at the same time because it's obviously um uh, Dr. Turner's with Dr. Turner was why can I not remember names today? Dr. Turner, I say that every week, everyone. Obviously yeah, I know. Well, last week you were calling Sheila Sister Bernadette the whole time, so well, that was a name originally. I'm just, I'm just it's traditional. Yeah. Uh, so Dr. Turner was sat with Johnny and uh, Nurse Gilbert and Trixie. Bear Barbara, Nurse Gilbert. What, why am I so formal? Was with Della. Quick <laughs> that before we continue, Al. You need like an hour break. <laughs> to, like I need about six break. weeks. I need oh an induced coma, if I'm honest. But anyway, they were like... saying... Okay, go ahead. Well, they were just... The way they were talking to the patients, like Stella had been awful, so I feel like it was a bit of retribution because they were like, you can do this, come on, just one more. Just hold on to me. Just come on, you can do this. And then yeah. to Johnny, Dr. Turner was there being like, "Your baby's nearly born, don't go yet, don't go yet. Proper guilt. <laughs> no, I think they both needed that. Poor Johnny. I, I didn't, I didn't see... think it was harsh. I thought it was measured and necessary. I thought Dr. Turner was not doing to a die good job. You. <laughs> I thought Dr. Turner was like really trying to get that man to like cling to life. You know what I mean? Because but that they needed him to. They didn't want they him had to just to, gently yeah. slip away. The the point was to see the baby. I oh, I actually thought they weren't. Gonna, I, I thought they weren't going to make it. Like when when Dr. Turner says something to him and Johnny's like, "Oh, tell him I said hello or goodbye or whatever." Like. Anyways, and then his head just drops back on the pillow and you see his red mouth and everything. I was like, this man's gone. And then I th- I don't know what they did to like keep him going. But when they talking wheeled- about football, Tottenham winning the cup or something. Yeah, really, really. Can we just like I not skip over I just want to not skip over two really important scenes with Stella. And this is these were actually the ones for me that were very meaningful. The first is with Stella and the second one's with Barbara. The first one with Stella is the one where Johnny gets discovered and they take him to the hospital and then Barbara's telling Stella that he has leukemia. And I thought, and she clearly feels so much guilt. Like you can really tell that at that moment, I mean, it got, what it took her to get there is terrible, but you can tell she just felt really, really bad about how she treated him. And like, well, how she, she, yeah. she absolutely should. She absolutely should. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that one in, in any way at all. But that scene then prompted her to go in to Johnny and like hold his hand and you know she was like I'm so sorry like I never should have said this I mean she was very very right yes I mean you could tell she like really had a moment where she was like oh my god what, what have I done and I did think in that scene I was like you know what listen like this is a girl who's probably like 22 23 years old really young first pregnancy then like you know scrimping and saving like trying to survive the last six months like really worried about everything and now she's just found out she's going to be a widow in a in a week and a new mother, and then what is she going to do? You know what I mean? Like, she thought her situation was bad before, and now it's going to be worse. And in the meantime, she feels terrible about the fact that she's been, like, basically berating her husband for being lazy when he's been, like, dying of cancer for, like, the last six months. So that kind of, for me, reframed it a little bit, and I gave Stella a little bit of grace myself as I was watching because I thought she's really in a tough, tough spot. And then to me, when she went to Barbara, it was manipulative, but I thought if there was ever a person who was in like a really tough spot, it's her, which is why I think she was like so impassioned when she was asking Barbara for the induction. But then the scene with Barbara that really got me, and this was one where they were all sitting around the lunch table or dinner table or whatever, was when Barbara's asking kind of for permission in a way from Sister Julianne to do the um, induced labor. And Sister Julianne is like, no, I really don't think that's a good idea. Like, you know, maybe think about the fact that she needs to be with her husband for the last days of his life. 
and not giving birth, you know, that might be a better way to go forward. And Barbara is adamant. She's like, no, 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 I really think we have to do this. This is what the patient wants. And Sister Julianne is like, okay, if that's what you think, you know, I really hope it'll go okay for you. And then Trixie says, yeah, I'll be with her. And then Sister Julianne says, you know, like, I just really hope it works out as much for her sake as for yours. And again, Sister Julianne, I mean, I, I, I know I can never get over it, but her ability to like, look at every possible option and then like really try to, you know, understand them, you know, is just legendary. And she was really looking out for Barbara in that moment. Cause I think sister Julian was afraid that if Barbara did this and it didn't go the way they all hoped that then it would be so much sadder for everyone, Barbara included. So I just didn't want to skip those scenes because they were they were very moving. And, and also how how supportive Trixie was, I really loved as well. But how harsh yeah. was Sister Winifred? She was. Oh no! What what did she say? Because I didn't get him. I didn't get anything from her in that scene. Well, it was only I can't. I mean, I can't remember exactly what she said. But when they were Barbara was kind of advocating to do the induced labour, Sister Winifred was very against it. Sister Julian came round, but Sister Winifred was having none of it. Mm. Yeah. Mm, she has some quite conservative opinions she's quite harsh i did see her i did see her kind of like bristle at the conversation but in my in my scene she didn't make a comment but i saw her disapproval so yeah so anyway fast forward to the the birth they do she does give birth in time she has a little boy and they rush her over so sister see i was gonna call sister bernadette sheila gets an ambulance and calls for an ambulance and they take it straight to London where he is and he's holding on and he meets his son and he's like, what are you going to call him? And she was like, I'm calling him John after his father. And then Johnny was, it was actually really beautiful. He was like, I want to stay. Oh and my then, God, that oh. bit broke me. And he was like, oh. oh. Yeah. And then he didn't stay. Spoiler alert, he died. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I'm laughing at his death. And oh. then... They had a funeral at their house. Yes. And they were, Tom was there because obviously I presume he presided over the funeral, I'm guessing so. And they were talking about a a good man's an army all by himself. And she was there with all the food and everything. And she went and handed out to the tramps, but not before the manager of the factory came and he's like, I'm really sorry, miss. I I should have treated you better. I should have known. There's enough for a little, there's enough for a little prince there. It was, wasn't it? He yeah he said i can't provide a king's ransom but he's like but there's enough for a little prince in here well but done, lest better, we not forget remember. yeah but let and through the fog of illness but lest we not forget too he he said to barbara before stella he said listen nurse he's like you really shamed me when you came and talked to me and i needed to hear that yeah and then he says to stella like we didn't do right by johnny like we should have take care of our own more and then he said you know blah 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 here's and he hands her like a big envelope full of cash well that's what barbara barbara's a warrior as you said a crusader crusader oh now did anyone else notice anything at the at the funeral well just really quickly again not trying to you know like be like the stella apologist of this episode because i'm absolutely not but to her credit despite having criticized those tramps a bunch of times she did go out and give them sandwiches at the funeral which i think intimated that she was starting to look at life differently. Yeah. 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 And well, did I really you notice know, anything else at the funeral? I'm not I don't think I'm gonna know what you're talking about. Jubex? Oh. Well Barbara, I did notice Did you see Trixie's look at Barbara and Tom? Yeah I did. Oh yeah I did. Yeah 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She sees something going on. Yeah. And she we'll sees... really discuss what she sees going on when we get to Barbara and Tom for yeah. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that was at the funeral and I was like, ooh, she sees. Yeah, Trixie's been seeing. 
not easy anyways that's really sad that we just ended on that really like you know downbeat note that's my fault Ugh. i mean girls i was i was sobbing throughout this whole episode that'll be no surprise to anybody but oh man once the tears flowed i tried to collect myself and then something else would happen and i would just be like back again and like oh my god this episode even at so the end though when she's sobbing like i'm so sorry johnny i'm so sorry i was like bloody should be i know well the thing is in this episode in a way ended kind of happy in a way right like we all know what that means on this show but like i was just torn up by the ending like the last five minutes i was absolutely losing it it just i mean oh my god like every i mean it didn't end up happy in the way of like that everything worked out for everyone but like wrongs were righted and you know resolutions were reached and like that's what i mean in a way by that but oh my god this episode just absolutely like tore me up uh, it was a struggle though because obviously you know you're supposed to be on her side a bit because obviously you you don't know the illness or anything like that and and he does and when the guy's like oh he, he did sleep all the time you're a bit like oh we're a bit wrong here. Hey, I know you're supposed to be on her side but it was it was also her attitude and it was also it wasn't a case of making ends meet it was she wanted more yeah well that's the thing though I wasn't ever on her side even once and that was Dang. quite <laughs> oh I thought <laughs> was she was problem. terrible from the beginning I mean even if your husband is even if Johnny was like lazy and not working like you really think that attitude is going to solve the problem like you really think berating someone day and night is going to like make them do anything you know, different I found or better? interesting as well the way she was like I can't work and I thought can you not work because if you remember they weren't allowed to work a lot of women at, in uh, well, she, at a certain time at the, of pregnancy at the start she did work before she was pregnant because she makes a point of saying that like now that she's pregnant like she's just looking at the same four walls so yeah. I think before her pregnancy yeah. she did work I know he's just mad that he couldn't work when pregnant as soon as it was found out or whatever well yeah that's yeah that's the time which is really which is really unfortunate yeah um, well do you remember Miss Masterson having to go to the toilets to let her girdle off yeah I'll never forget Miss Masterson I'll never forget her <laughs> she she's in my brain forever um Okay, shall we go on to Barbara and Tom? Yeah, let's talk about Barbara and Tom a bit more because Barbara, in advocating for the Beckett's, I felt Barbara kind of leaned on Tom a bit more in this episode. Leaned on him, but was he really really holding her up? Uh, Girls, I'm I'm feeling hard on Tom in this episode. I don't feel like he was very helpful. I mean, she didn't need him, but was it an excuse? Well, her, Barbara... she wants him. The thing is, Barbara wrote a letter to her dad being like this is the situation can you help me oh, out can i just say though her letter home was amazing boyfriends none <laughs> yeah well did you see trixie's look when she said that as well yeah, yeah trixie was like she had this kind of view you know like look on her face when she when barbara said that like she kind of maybe was waiting for that you know like other shoe to drop so yeah but barbara was like oh yeah i read a letter home and i don't really say anything and you know and she kind of gave a window into her like her past with her dad as well because her dad is like what did we say his job was he's not a bishop or like but he's like a curate kind of again right yeah but it was it was it a deacon he's a deacon yeah yeah and she's like oh you know i would go on on visits with my dad and he would say oh this is barbara my assistant she's like just once i would have really liked him to say this is barbara my daughter and she's like but anyways blah 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 and then she just kind of moves right past and both patsy and trixie are like Oh, that might be something. And so she. What I did, to... what ahead. I did love in this episode was the amount of lounging around and smoking that uh, Trixie and, <laughs> and um, <laughs> Patsy did. <laughs> yeah, they had they had a lot of loungy, smoky scenes to do. For sure, but anyway, so she asked for dad for she asked her dad for help. He's no help, and then and then after she's had a couple interactions with Stella and Johnny, she goes to Tom for help. Oh, and by the way, 
this is the scene where I, I was I was talking about from before where he's making the soup for the homeless yeah. men and I was so incensed. Remember? Yes. But also, well, he's made soup every night. Uh, well, you, what, you make soup every night? Should she be unchaperoned in his home? Well, what, yeah, of course, what, what, I mean, it's not the 19... It's not that long ago. Like, men and women can be together alone. Yeah, but would the nuns not have disappeared at that? But but go and see Tom. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I, I don't think they would have thought anything of her going to see Tom. No. Yeah, but no. I really because I think sister sister no sister Julianne was a bit thinking asking Barbara about Tom the other day. So I think she sees something going on. I don't Wait, know. Just, he's a man just... of God. <laughs> Wait, what did you hey. say, Brad? He's a man of God, which obviously means he's got good morals. <laughs> yeah, really. Even though he's the horniest man of God on earth, he's like always like. <laughs> going after the girls in this in the show but the thing is yeah it just annoyed me again to watch the scene with the soup he's like she's like you do this every night and he's like well he's like i wouldn't really call it like soup he's like it's just something warm and wet which i was like well that's disgusting <laughs> but also like but then also he's just like yeah you know everybody deserves something and i'm like yeah everybody does deserve something like and you're giving them next to nothing like i mean oh that's again, a bit harsh well it's something but like he just described he's a lowly it as, like, curate well, but the thing is, okay, more than a church mouse. Girls, girls, I'm sorry. I'm I I know I already like railed against this like however many episodes again when I brought it up the first time. But like, okay, he works for a church. He is a pastor. Like, he has a whole congregation that he serves every single week. There should be a men's club, a women's club, a rotary club, a church trustee board, a blah blah. blah. There is church infrastructure that does all of this kind of thing all the time. If there's a feed the homeless ministry, that is who can organize that kind of well, thing. Well, maybe like, not in popular just after the war. But there's some there's got to be some rationing. Where, where but if it's but if it's ra- I mean, I'm so, I just can't. If it's rationing still in 1960, then like I don't where know if it is to be honest, I don't, I don't Well, know. that's the thing. I'm like how what is I mean, I just I just will never I what the thing is, I know the scene was trying to send a signal that like, oh, look at this man, like so selflessly making hot meals for men every single day of the year. But I'm just like, there's no way on earth that that is real. And like, I can't abide it. It just took me right out. It annoyed me again when I watched it. And I was just like, and then the thing that really frustrated me is that Barbara was like, oh, look at Tom. Like, he's so like kind and caring and giving and like, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. But then she like legitimately comes to him with like a with like a question. And by the way, he deals with married couples every day of the year. And he literally like, here's her whole issue that she's having. And then he's like, oh, I really don't know how to get involved in that. Like, I just try to stay out of a marriage. It's like, excuse <laughs> me, you absolutely do not try to stay out of marriages. You're in marriages all day long, every single day of the week. Like, what else do you do? Like, oh, I just, he was just so unhelpful. He's like, sorry, anyways, well, bye. And like- yeah, But then he was and, like, at the, at the funeral afterwards, he was like, I was wrong, you know? Yeah, he was. But yeah. He, um, and yes, that's when Trixie wrong. gives that conversation is when Trixie notices, doesn't she? Yes. Well, the line that he says again, I got so deep into this. The line he says is, "He's like, I was wrong." He's like, "And I think you know a lot more about marriage than I do." And then I think that's when Trixie was like, "Who?" You know, because obviously Trixie and Tom, like their failure to like understand marriage dynamics was like a big reason why they crumbled ultimately. But Barbara seems to really get what it takes to like make a marriage work in a way it was I felt like what he was trying to say there and he's thinking That's how I, read it. I want some of that cheat book to, to learn how a marriage works I want I want in That's what yeah. He's thinking. yeah he wants someone to help him make that wet soup <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jen. 
in the gross way I literally just met like he just like he needs some help because it's too much work because no one man on earth is going to be able to do a like homeless food ministry every single day I just I can't I don't know I this just really annoys me that storyline just annoys me and it's not even a storyline it's like literally like half a scene but anyways even though Tom did annoy you and he did annoy me a little bit as well I'm not gonna lie I love it. I love it so much. I love their their storyline of them two getting close. I just they, yeah, oh. I do too. I do too. They're they're really the right couple. They they're a really match the right made couple. in heaven. To be honest, I just love her, but they're a match made in heaven. She's she's a ten, and he's not quite a ten, but like he's the, you know what they they <laughs> as a couple are like one of like to me they're like one of those couples where you're like where you meet Tom first and you're like oh I really like Tom like Pastor Tom is so great or blah 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 and then you meet Barbara and you're like oh wow like if he got her to like fall in love with him and marry him then he must be even better than I thought because like there's no way that this wonderful lady would love this man if he wasn't like a great guy you know what I mean that's what I feel like happens with my husband like me being great everyone's like oh yeah he must be good yeah definitely people just walk to you I'll walk up to you every day and they're like oh what a lucky man what a lucky are. man yeah. yeah yeah you won the lottery with that alex oh my yeah. goodness yeah. Yep. yeah yep i give him credence <laughs> true fact right right should we do connie and frankie manly oh i loved connie and frankie now before we start i i was waiting for you to do this okay go yes. ahead well we know where we know her from don't we Harry Potter. yeah she was oh loving the brown God, then you just realized she's <laughs> She's she's the she's Ron's first girlfriend that goes yeah. one 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 I love you one one and then she writes like she fogs up the mirror on the train to Hogwarts and writes the they made Hermione and... cry by them snogging yeah yeah and Ron's like she's gonna kill me like she's like from I'm gonna die from kissing remember that yeah oh my god yeah now I do now no, yeah no. I couldn't I didn't place her until about halfway through the episode and then I was like oh my god that's who that is well she's famous over here she does other things she's done in comedies and stuff she's a comedian but she's just one woman show she's a mum of like three I think but she's got, she oh. goes out with another comedian called Alfie Brown and they've got three kids and she's like a mum vlogger podcaster she does all the oh. stuff about normalizing chaos of mumhood basically Oh, okay. All right. Love that. So Connie, in context, put it in context, her mum died. So she yeah. misses her mum, doesn't really, she's kind of missing the mum advice. Because also in this show a lot, when they give birth, there's a lot yeah. of people whose mums and grandmas and everything are all there giving yeah. unwanted advice quite a lot, but giving advice. But yeah. she doesn't have any of that. All she has is Sister Evangelina telling her best is, breast is best. Yeah. But she's also got inverted nipples, which I didn't even know was a thing until now. Oh, did you oh. know that? No, I don't. I don't know if I knew it was a thing, but as soon as I heard it, I was like, "Oh, okay, that makes sense." This is probably too much to share on a podcast. It's not me, by the way. Uh, But someone I went to school with, I remember she had them. Did it? Did they always stay inverted forever? I don't know if I'm honest. I've not seen it since I was about sixteen. Are you still friends on Facebook or anything that we can can text her now? Yeah, I'll I'll Facebook (laughs) message her see a few messages by the end. And it was only one, I think, actually. The thing, the thing is, okay, in that, in that, in this at first scene, we meet Connie and Sister Evangeline is talking to her. She's like, "Oh, how are you doing, love?" Blah blah blah. And then Connie pulls out what looks like I don't know, like a glass, like little dish or whatever with a hole in it. And she's like, "Oh, just keep at it." And you can tell Connie's, "I really don't want to wear these things." It's like I'm assuming it's a thing to like help, like yeah, like courage the nipple to like yeah. suck it out of you or whatever. Divert it. Yeah, and I was like, "Honey, uh, well." 
I don't know. Look, if there's legitimate treatments for inverted nipples to like reverse it and like make them diverted like back to facing outward, then like, I mean, I'm, I'm not a nipple expert. Okay. But <laughs> I just thought to myself, if that's what you've got, that's what you've got. You know what I mean? Like, well, luckily we've got doctor on the line who is a nipple expert. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Imagine. Imagine. But I just thought that does not seem like it's going to work. Like if they were going to pop out, they would pop out by now. Well, and also there's a talk at the clinic. Yes, this is where we first meet her, yeah. So there's a talk at the clinic by an American company who's basically trying to sell formula. Marlowe's. Yeah, and they're giving it all of the spiel. It makes babies more intelligent. It makes them more attractive. And when Sister Evangelina says, calls them charlatans, to some extent, I can understand Sister Evangelina. I'm not going to lie. Because they are absolutely just saying what mums want to hear. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. Hundred It was a ridiculous amount of claims. It was. It was. They were. Yeah. It was. It was so good. Then they also did you like the? That's an American company. Uh, of course, <laughs> of course. Yeah, that's that's American marketing for you, right there. You know. From the moment we meet Connie in the clinic, though, she's already leaning towards using formula for the baby. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. She knows those nipples aren't gonna pop out. No. And she's like, this already hurts. Like the, whatever these nipple cup things are. She's like, I don't want to, I don't want to do it. I'm not going to breastfeed. All the pressure on her as well. These bloody suction cups. Can you imagine? And it's already terrifying thought of baby, having a baby. And then mum's not there to help her. And poor Connie. Yeah. You know, the part that like really broke my heart about it though. And not to get too deep as I kind of understood why this kind of attitude from sister Evangelina was like so intense during this time of the show. But I just thought the thing that really breaks my heart is that women are still mothers are still getting shamed about breastfeeding versus formula feeding today. Well, I've told you my story. I wouldn't, it was like my husband had got heroin in the house because he got formula milk because the midwife was so breast is terrible. Still, and that was five years ago, six years ago, nearly. I know it's terrible. It's and I'm like... not, I'm not weak minded. I'm quite, you know, I'm quite yeah. strong willed, really. But oh, oh, it just did bad things. Now, to me. did you, did you think about it or have an opinion before you gave birth, or did you just not think about it and then you heard that after you gave birth and you were like, okay. Well, no, it's not after you give birth, but before they give you loads of articles and things to read and this kind of stuff. And yeah. you hear they give you loads of figures on breastfeeding. They have like breastfeeding clinics before and stuff to tell you how to do it and things. Yeah. And 
so we went to some classes and stuff and they had this big thing about babies who are breastfed have because they have this colostrum at the start and they talk about that being better for their their system their not nervous system what's it called when you're ill immune system immunity immunity the thing that's not working very well for me right now yeah (laughs) So better for your immunity for the children and it's better right. for the baby's intelligence. They reckon that babies who are breastfed oh, are more intelligent. Sakes. They absolutely push, push, push. Yeah. But did you but did you think about that like before you gave birth? Oh yeah, if I can, I will, but if I can't, it's okay? Or you just were like 100% I'm doing it, no no substitutions, nothing? I think I thought I wanted to do it, but I'll tell you for why. Because I'm this is ridiculous, but I was terrified of making the milk wrong. Because everyone was all going on about how it had to be the right temperature and make sure you oh, do it. I was I was yeah. worried about that, making all the milk wrong and doing it in the night and having to do sterilize. And I was genuinely worried about it because our dishwasher yeah. was rubbish at the old house, and so yeah. I was I was really like worried about that bit. Uh, so I wanted to do it because I thought yeah. it might be easier. And as it as it happened, I was you know I could easily breastfeed. I was good at breastfeeding. I could I could have squirted across a hallway. Oh. <laughs> that was information we did not need to get but okay and um, you saw how fat my daughter was my god so it was oh, easy was so in that lovely. respect but it wasn't easy because it was all on me yeah yeah and also well, i didn't like pumping because i felt like a cow it took really took it out of me pumping like it really made yeah, me hormonal yeah i just think like i mean this is not a this is not an original opinion but like if you can great if you can't or don't want to for any reason also fine like that's what the midwife should have been more like. They should yeah. have been more. It, like, I had a very, I had a very old traditional midwife, and she was very, very much breast is best, really pushing me forward. It telling yeah. me not to do nipple yeah. confusion, not to have different bottles and stuff to confuse oh. the nipple for the baby. I was just think, oh, look at my back now. What? What? Like, surely that's better that I can actually, especially as ill as I was. Yeah. And, yeah. and as Connie's storyline progresses, and Sister Evangelina. Re- when so we should say that sister mary cynthia eventually she was also there when connie delivers a baby and so she's also one of her midwives and sister mary cynthia sees how much she's struggling and she kind of says about trying putting her on the bottle and when sister mary cynthia kind of really she kind of says that she doesn't want her on that charlatan's milk so when sister mary cynthia goes back to sister evangelina and kind of and she i felt do you think she was a bit harsh with sister evangelina like i know Um, that sister evangelina absolutely not i thought she handled it perfectly i wish but soft i wish i could confront someone with that much like grace oh my god i thought she was perfect (laughs) (laughs) sorry i mean she was hard on her you're right about that bex definitely but it was like she had to be like she tortured unintentionally but still like she was so hard on connie and like look at what she had to go through but when sister evangelina first started speaking to sister cynthia if you remember Sister Evangeline was like, make this quick. You know, the way she was, she was so brusque yeah, and she hands was very with sister- yeah. 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 And like, this didn't matter. So she had to be firm. She was like, I'm sorry, sister, but your opinions have got such influence. Please take care how you use it. But she yeah. was like, I'm afraid your opinions got there first, is what she said first. But yeah. it, it, she had to be harsh in order to actually get Sister Evangeline to listen because she was so pious that yeah. she wouldn't. Also, can I just say, I just think, I don't think it's, I don't think it's realistic. I know Sister Evangeline had a big mouth and all that, but she was still a nun. But after the baby swapping incident, with how upset she was by that whole situation, do you really think she'd be this bolshy now over that? I don't. Oh. No, I'm with you now. Like, why didn't that trigger her to go off on into... Exactly. Because that was... I would say that that was far more upsetting than the breastfeeding issue. 
Yeah. Just just to like agree with you girls, but kind of add a little bit. I think that this was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back because Sister Evangelina is very confident in her opinion and confident in her care, confident in her knowledge and experience. And I think that she did have a bit of a crisis after the baby swap, but then this happened. And as soon as Cynthia said, like, you know, like, like Connie's not doing well and the baby's not doing well. She was like, oh, okay, well, that's fine. And then Cynthia was like, well, no, 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 I don't think you really understand. Like you were really intense about the breastfeeding. And she's like, well, I didn't mean it that way. And I think it was a moment where Sister Evangelina was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like maybe I need to do some deeper thinking here. And then as we all saw, like kind of the quote conclusion to Connie's storyline is, you know, she gets on formula and she, you know, her and the baby get better. But Sister Evangelina goes to Connie and like gives her a really heartfelt and sincere apology, which I was very glad to see. But then then she follows it up going to Sister Julian and saying, listen, like, I think I need to take a break and like go away for a while. I really want to go to like, I can't remember the name of the comment, but like something, something convent. And Sister Evangeline, Sister Julian is like, well, that's a really austere place. They don't talk all day. Like, I couldn't do it. Oh no, um, <laughs> I easily could. <laughs> I think, it, yeah, I think it'd be hard at the beginning, but I, there's there does sound something appealing about it. But you, um, you yeah, have gone on silent retreats. You could do it, Jen. We couldn't. Right, yeah. right. Well, I, I'm, I'm very holy and holy and wise. Um, I'd be but doing anyway. that thing that they do, you know, in, in comedy films and stuff, where they start that start whispering in places like that and just annoy everyone. Yeah, I think <laughs> I just get the giggles. Well, the thing is, Al, you say you wouldn't be able to do it, but, like, you always talk about how you just want to be, like, quiet and left alone for, like, six weeks. So, like, maybe you actually would love it. Like, maybe if you went and, like, no one was asking you to do anything, you just got to be quiet and eat food no, and then walk like around and sleep. I would just go to sleep and watch things in bed. I wouldn't want to be doing non-stuff. Well, yeah, maybe, like, maybe in 2023 you bring your iPhone, you know what I mean? And you, like, just get to, like, pray every once in a while. And Do nuns have iPhones? I mean... Actually, sure that- actually, I'd love to know this. If any of you are actual nuns, you can stay anonymous, but please yeah. message in because I'd love to know. Modern day nuns, are they allowed out? Isn't that a possession? Well, but not- have, she will have like computers and stuff to be able to, you know, plan events and things. Facebook. Well, li- and- yeah, I mean, they live in they live in the modern era. It's not like they're, you know, I follow a nun on TikTok. Actually, I do follow an in on no, not an in a nun on TikTok. I'm, I'm finding this oh, out. Well, if, if a nun has TikTok, then yes, she's got an. Yeah, iPhone, but she might so. be from something that's not Anglican. She might be another breed, like a, not like breed, a cooler. Breed. <laughs> Breed's not the word. Can I just anyway, say I did love another Frank order. Where he just couldn't stay out when he heard the baby crying and he had to put, like I just loved him. He was so lovely. He just was really sweet. He was a really cute husband. And he obviously yeah. really loved Connie as well. I met a baby yeah. in the park called Connie the other day. Oh, Connie well, she wasn't on her own. She was fashion. with her mum. <laughs> but I just was like, oh, she just Connie. had a name tag on. She was just yeah. left in the park with yeah, her. I just I just met up with a baby by by herself. <laughs> I don't do that. Uh, anyway, <laughs> the, scene, the scene that really, really, really got me, which was a masterclass in acting yet again from Sister yeah. Monica Joan and yeah. uh, Sister Evangelina when she was packing. Oh, I was sobbing. I was What will I do? Sobbing. Pray for me. And then the hugs and the emotion. It was absolutely beautiful. So much said with so little. When the two, oh, of, them, when the two of them called each other sister yeah, and they hugged, Oh, I was gone. Girls, yeah. I was absolutely gone. Like that, those words coming out of them said more than uh, a whole speech. I mean, oh my God, they're so good. Oh God, I loved it. And also then they scene at the end with all the nuns watching Sister Evangelina walk away. That was also very, very moving. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was done for. Also, I've got here, it's public relations, propaganda more like. It was propaganda she used. I loved it. <sighs> 
wait oh propaganda for the baby formula yeah yeah oh yeah. right 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 yes 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 yeah i love her so she's gone for a while is she gone forever we don't know we actually do but we're not going to spoil it for you yeah you have to keep can watching we program. talk about nurse crane's spanish lessons oh my god oh yeah so nurse crane has decided that she's going to learn a second language she's going to do an evening class because to help the resident because obviously they're getting more and more residents in popular where english is their second language who sorted that out barbara wait what well barbara was the one who got a load of people in she was trying to get the saletti woman in and then there's more people oh right right, she did now i have to say when conchita has her next like her 27th baby nurse crane will be fine to deliver that yeah exactly yeah yeah, they can get they can get Mister Conchita. What his, what's his surname? Warren. Oh, they can get yes, Mister Warren yes, yes. out of the uh, out of the room. Exactly, exactly. Also, did you think it was funny how she was like, "Oh, you know, I thought it'd be easy. It would be a good idea to increase our, you know, ability to communicate with clients. You know, I know we have a lot of like Indian and Punjabi ladies, but like, I, there's no class for that. So I think I'm going to take Spanish. And I was like, Oh, Phyllis, you wanted to take Spanish anyway. Like you, like I, it just made me laugh. Like I was like, so- you know, it's like. It's like, oh, I, I would love to have fruit for dinner, but we don't have any now. So I guess I'm just going to eat this whole sleeve of Oreos instead. Like, oh, well, you know, I did my best. All right. Well, you know. did you notice that Patsy, well, more Trixie, was like laughing at her in that scene? I did not notice. I did. And I did not like it. Trixie's a bit like that, though, isn't she? Yeah. Pats, Patsy and Trixie can be a bit rough at times, honestly. I love them yeah. both, but they can be a bit tough. I was I was frustrated with Patsy when she said the thing about like, oh, I'm so jealous of you. Like no one ever asks you when you're going to get married or have a boyfriend or like settle down or like any of that kind of thing. Like, oh, it must be so nice. And like, I know what Patsy was referring to, but at the same time, I thought Phyllis isn't going to take it that way. Like, No, she did. Yeah. I think she did. I don't think she took it badly because she was actually agreeing with her saying, you know, oh, you must live how you, how you, how you, how you wish in life. Yeah. Exactly what Patsy can't do. Yeah. I just thought it was a little more complicated than that because especially the scene at the end with Patsy and Nurse Crane in the car, which we'll get to in a minute, made me think it was just a little more complicated than that. But yeah, I get, I get what you guys are saying. So, so, so Nurse Crane goes to the Spanish class. She gets there. It's all young people. She's like, oh, okay, this is great, but you know, make the best of it. And then this like cute older guy walks in. Oh, and I love you can him. Tell... Downton Abbey as well. Yeah, uh-huh. we know Downton Abbey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can tell that she's like, oh, fine. You know, like not not even just that she thinks he's like a cute guy, but like someone her age, you know. And yeah. so they strike up a conversation at the end of class and then they start kind of like hanging out more. They go out for like tea and cake and it just starts getting real cute. I loved when, so the gentleman that she meets is tommy smith so i love when tommy says that he visited the spanish coast and how it was just a smattering of fishing villages oh how it's changed <laughs> i know do you remember when we went we went to spain on um, a girl's holiday because jen was over for a friend's wedding so we yeah. kind of on our own version of a honeymoon yeah there was like um, 10 of us wasn't there yeah so we went <laughs> to spain and i like i don't know what you were um, imagining Jen I, th- I feel like you were imagining quaint Spanish fishing villas villages a little bit more than what we got yes just slightly yeah. a bit more um, yes. yeah and it, it was very the reality was very different the Costa yeah. del Sol yeah yeah it was it was it was different I mean that was a great trip that was a great vacation but yeah it was a, it was a little different than I expected yeah heartbroken for nurse Wayne because she she says that she was happy well I shouldn't I won't say this bit actually because we'll get on to this bit you go well, she, well, she asks Tommy about, sorry, this may be what you were going to say, Al. 
Well, no, what I'm going to say is, first off, Nurse Crane started the scenes with pins in a board to try and organise everyone more. Yeah, because they need to be more efficient and make sure that nobody's kind of, they're all in one area. So there's a system with pins. Yeah, so for for the district nursing. Yeah. So System Monica Jones knocks the board, puts a pin somewhere else, and it basically makes it so that Patsy and Nurse Crane. Nurse Crane. Yeah arrive at the at one house at the same time when they shouldn't really be there at the same time but they are right so then they meet an elderly lady who's got senile dementia and a crucial piece of the story is that nurse crane asks tommy about like something with his life and he makes he said, he, specific, lost her. he said i lost my wife years ago and then she's kind of like oh ding 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 he's single and then that is like a fast track to their relationship can we After just talk that. about how romantic and lovely it is, though? How she gets into gets the younger girls to put makeup on her. She's yeah. walking like she's on the air. Like, I know uh, she's floating uh, through Nanata's house, and then uh, and then I loved it in my notes. I wrote like when he walks up to her and says, "Hold on," and then oh, I wrote it in the wrong section. He wrote like she puts on the makeup and everything like that, and then he he's like, "Oh, he's like you look nice today," because she's got like lipstick and powder on and everything, and she's like, "Oh, do I?" like oh wow like i don't know i mean i guess i'm wearing a new scarf or something and well everyone like, yeah. else notices in anata's house how happy she is and yeah and sister monica jones like little have we ever speak so little yet said so much yeah i know and patsy, and patsy and trixie are so excited to help her with her makeup and hair and everything and oh, she's listening to spanish love yeah the spanish love album Oh, I loved it so much. And when she was talking to Patsy and Trixie, she was saying, we all must live as we please. Go out there and take hold of it. You're not given opportunities. You need to grab them with both hands. Yeah. Oh, so she was really, you know, excited by it. And it was just gorgeous. And then because of the pin incident, the pin incident. Yeah. (laughs) Two women ended up at the same place. Yep. With Mrs. Smith, and she said, oh, I think she's got dementia. Can you arrange for Dr. Turner to come and see her? And then who should walk in? Dun, dun, dun. Tommy. Tommy. Oh, oh, didn't our hearts... I have, sympathy for, I have sympathy for Tommy here because Same. he has lost his wife. I do too, yeah. Do you know, I also know a real-life person who basically was in this exact situation. Same. But oh, in this okay. Si- yeah, and she basically started, like, she was an older lady, and she started seeing, they did go out with each other, and they would holiday and things and take the wife with them. That's a bit weird. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So <laughs> it would be like, it was like a th- like a throuple, like a three three. No, months. because, no, because didn't know she, who they were. no, the lady had dementia, so she had no idea really who. Oh, so the husband was the one who was still with it, and he had a girlfriend, and the wife was yeah. had dementia. Oh, and then the three of them would go away on vacations together. Yes. See, I know oh. also one of my dad's friends, his one of his good friends has a wife and she she's died quite recently, actually. But yeah. she was 48 when she was diagnosed. And oh. uh, so they were really quite young still. And he had three teenage kids and it had been 10 years or so of living like this. Anyway, she got so bad she had to go into a home. And he yeah. had a girlfriend and there was quite a lot of, his kids were absolutely fine with it because they knew how hard it was. But right. in, in actual life with other people, a lot of people fell out with him over it, thinking it was a bad thing to do. But it's like, well, you're not living it. Shut yeah. up. Yeah. I'm, I will I mean, say, going on the vacation thing is... Yeah, it was a bit. That's, that's a bit. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to quite get there. But, like, yeah, I do get it. Yeah, I do we get it. We did pass judgment. 
Yeah, I mean, the girlfriend <laughs> thing is like one thing, but like, oh, three percent. Oh, I'll tell you what, though, girls, I was so heartbroken when it was uh, when I first saw that, like, properly heartbroken for her because I love, I love Phyllis so much. And I yeah. do have to say, Patsy was so lovely in the car, being like, you know, and nothing's happened. We all have, we all do that too much of the time, and it's exhausting. Yes, and I'm, I'm glad that it was Patsy that arrived. Yes. yes, I think of yes. all of the midwives that could have come to that appointment. I'm glad it was. Yeah, and passive. also you know that she'll be. She probably wouldn't ever tell anyone either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is where Phyllis says that she was happy with her life, but for a moment she saw something else which she didn't expect or seek, but she liked it. And I was just like, oh, Phyllis. I know. I know and then I she know. was. She kind of grabbed, got herself together, kind of more, and was like, it was very kind of you of the offers to, of tea, just to kind of bring herself to, together more. And oh, I was just oh, it took. You could tell it took all her strength to muster that to say that to her. And yeah. it was just, oh, but then who comes and knocks at Anata's house? Tommy. Tommy. Oh, right. And Sister Monica Jones is like, you have to go see him. Like, he, I don't know what to do with him. He's standing there. I, I'm not going to say anything. He's already sat in the parlor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's like, I let him in and everything. I said, you'd be right out. And she's like, oh, God, I don't really I'm like that at work, you know, people have, have people on the phone they don't want to speak to. And I'm like, well, I'm not getting rid of him. They're already oh on your God. phone waiting. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, I'll have I'll have someone call, like a client call me at the office and um, our, our receptionist will come in and she'll be like, oh, so-and-so's on the phone. I'm like, what do they want? And she's like, oh, they just wanted to, like, talk to you. And I'm like, nope. I'm like, tell them to read the email I just sent them five minutes ago. If they have a question after that, tell them I'll follow up. But I'm like, I am not talking, like, not, this is not every client, but like some clients, I'm just like, no, they don't, they don't. Your client they don't gets need, email first. They don't need, some clients don't need to talk to me some clients just want to have a conversation for 15 minutes that I do not have the time to like have so it, I'm like so anyway Tommy yeah. comes in they do speak and Nurse Crane is just like me she says I've got enough friends <laughs> <laughs> oh god but she also does say you made a fool of me mm-hmm. um, which while it saddens me greatly I do actually agree with that he kind of yeah, did like he should have been, been honest. able to tell the truth because I do think you know she's quite a progressive woman yeah, yeah. If, I don't know if she would have actually but you know well but if she'd known she could have decided and then yeah. if if they weren't if she was like oh if he had said oh like you know because she was like don't argue with me over semantics because he's like well I said I lost my wife which like te- technically is true and she's like well yeah it is you know and you kind of think like if she had known she could have decided because they still could have been friends even if she didn't want to like look at him like that way well I don't want to do a spoiler here but I genuinely thought they were going to carry on that storyline quite a lot Did. in future episodes because they were gonna, they were going to stay connected yeah because obviously how it ended was that she joined yeah. the Spanish concert and even though they were friends, she was like, I'm just here for the concert. You know, it could, I, I did hope it could have led somewhere else. Yeah. I, I know. I know. I felt for it too. Yeah. It was sad. It was just sad, you know. And even though I don't want, I don't care about Nurse Crane having a companion or anything like that, or a, I said weird, she's only about 50 or something. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I just, oh, it But was she nice. was happy and she was enjoying it. Yeah, and that's why I feel sad for her that she doesn't have it anymore. Yeah. Well, and I, I think the I think the part of it that was really touching, you know, she's like she's like, I am genuinely happy with my life, but this was an opportunity for something for me to have something that I don't currently have that would be really, really nice to have. And like I I very much I I, I mean we all did, we all did, but yeah, I just I really felt for her in that moment, you know, and, and like he was just so lovely. I loved his smiley cheeky face. They oh, were such was a, a lovely man. couple. I think I'm yeah. sadder for Nurse Crane than I am for Stella. Same. Uh, yeah, in a way, him anyway. Yeah. She's showered at him all the time. 
Yeah. Well, and Phyllis, you just get the feeling has been on her own for so long, you know, and it would be nice if she had somebody to kind of go through life with in that way, not just, you know, um, the way she has now. So, yeah, oh, I, yeah, I really it was that was a really that was like legitimately a heartbreaking storyline, you know. He's a bit of a catch for his age group because in Downton he was uh, all about. Yeah, he was. <laughs> <laughs> he must be the heartthrob for that age bracket. Yeah, he's he he's be. really cute. He's kind of he looks like one of those guys who like obviously he looks like his age, but I bet you he looked quite like young and cute for a really long time. You know what well, I mean? Well, he used like, to be. He's been in lots of kids' TV shows that we used to watch and stuff. Very yeah, up. I've seen yeah. him in lots of stuff before. Yeah, he has he has a very cute look, you know, like in that way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Tommy. Mm. Oh no. Yeah. Girls. Anyway, right, heroes and zeros, ladies. My hero is going to be Barbara. Nice, Love. and not for how she advocated for Stella, but just for how she stood up for herself this week. Yeah. And there was that moment when she was having a conversation with Trixie and Patsy and they kind of said you need a few more battle wounds and she was like I've got battle wounds I just don't choose to display them and I was just like mm. she, I just feel like she was just taking control a bit more this this week yeah 100% and then my zero is going to be Stella absolutely I mean, yeah not going to argue with just you being on that a, one. a rotten human being <laughs> yeah not I not, not going to disagree not going to disagree okay girls as I said at the beginning this episode really got me deep in thought and my hero and zero are interconnected because they are two sides of a coin. Ooh. I, you remember, you remember way back in season one when I, where I, I was watching the episode with my mom and my mom goes, you know what this episode is about? Generations. And then you were like, that's literally every episode of this show. <laughs> Still makes me laugh. Um, I stand by her comment, but anyways, this will make me laugh. Okay, so for me, this episode had a really strong theme okay and i feel like stella and johnny dealt with this barbara and tom de- not barbara and tom connie and connie and sister evangelina because i think they're the kind of couple there and then nurse crane as well and so my zero is lacking insight and self-reflection and just acting with instinct and like your first top line response which may not always be as thoughtful or as understanding or compassionate and may come from a more selfish and unenlightened place. Because I feel like Stella just was only in her feelings about what was happening with her and Johnny. She never looked outward to him and said, you know, like, are you doing okay? Same thing with Sister Evangelina. She had this idea of like, this is what the right thing is and this is what I'm going to push. And she never stopped and thought like, what's Connie's situation? How she's dealing with this? And then, you know, with Nurse Crane and Tommy, he told her like a half truth and then she made an assumption and it was, you know, they, they lost each other in that mix. And, you know, we, and Sister Evangelina said it so beautifully when she went to Sister Julia and she's like, I have to take away all the other voices in my head, including my own. And she's a nun, so she comes from a place of faith, but any of us can do this regardless of our belief system. She's like, I had to take away everything so that I can hear the truth come to me. And she uses like the word of God or the Lord's voice or whatever like that. But, and to me, my hero is that work that we do to take us outside of ourselves, to take us outside of our assumptions, to recognize where our blind spots are so that we can reach farther and like 
dig deeper. And to me, Stella didn't come there to that place until after she had paid a terrible price for it. And I don't think she really reached it, but she got a little closer because she saw that there was something else going on. And then Barbara did a lot of that work because she was really trying to find an answer for them. But Sister Evangelina obviously makes the biggest and most pronounceable choice to like really take an effort to, you know, go do that inner work. And then Phyllis also, she digs deep after her and Patsy talk. And she does go back to that Spanish class and sits in that, you know, flamenco performance with Tommy, which is hard for her. But she realizes that it's like, it's something she can do to still be with her friend, even if their situation has changed. And to me, the personal evolution that each of these characters went on and like was just incredible. To me, it was incredibly profound. And it made me think a lot about, you know, like my own self and, you know, things like that. And so those are my heroes and zeros. Also, Jen's on the NyQuil at the moment, so. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm heavily <laughs> medicated. Follow Jen's. Well, I'm following it. My... Good luck, Alex. <laughs> whatever, you... whatever anyone takes from that is up to you. I don't know if I made any sense. I loved sense. it. I felt like you're like a pasta. Love it. Anyway, not pasta, uh, P-A-S-T-A. P-A-S-T-A-O-R. Anyway, my hero and zero would have been Stella and Barbara, but I'm going to change them. So... Okay. My hero this week is Sister Cynthia, Sister Mary Cynthia. Mary Cynthia. Right. Love it. Because... You said Cynthia all the way. Oh, it's fine. I say Evangelina. I don't have to say Sister Evangelina all the time. They know what I mean. No, but it's anyway. Mary Cynthia. Anyway, Sister Mary Cynthia... <laughs> is your Cynthia hero. ...is my hero for how okay. she was so firm with Sister Evangelina and she broke the yeah. news and she did it perfectly because she did wouldn't have listened if she hadn't have done it that harsh. But it wasn't so harsh because she was also really kind with it as well at the same time. But she was just chef's kiss, brilliant. She really dealt yeah. with it. She, yeah, she had the exact right tone and it was perfect. And yeah. that would have taken a lot for her as well because obviously she's her superior in the nun world. Anyway, yeah. as, and the work world. Uh, okay. Yeah, my, yeah. So my zero is going to be Trixie for the face she pulled when sister, not sister, when Nurse Crane said about having a new language. I was just like, how dare you be mean about that when you've got your keep fit and you, you know, you're all, it should be all about positivity for people having new interests. So shut the hell up, Trixie. Uh, Trixie and also the faces about Barbara and Tom. I'm just like, keep it to yourself. You didn't want him. Shut up. That's it. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah. Now, ladies, I've got one more thing quick. Okay. We've had a message from Julie Coat, long time listener, long time contributor. Whoop, whoop. She's actually done it about uh, the episode of Listener Special, the second one. She said, okay. good episode. You're right, Julie, thank you. Oh, my gosh. I, we I are, we were on fire during those yeah, listener episodes. Yeah. And I, to be fair, I feel like we're all a bit tired today. And I uh, love the idea of having a new series with characters' history. Yes, Julie, let's put it to the writers. I love to read, and I know you ladies don't. <laughs> <laughs> she knows us so well. Julie. Well, not Jen, the rest of us. But I'll suggest another book. After Jennifer Worth died, her daughter found notes for a fifth book, and this was published last year. About half of the material was in prior books, but the new material is about Fred and his younger life. It talks about his courtship with his wife, Maisie, and lots of his money-making schemes, and it's called Toffee Apples and Quail Feathers. Julie, we definitely will be reading that. Um, and oh, also, how good would word. that be, though? They've got the book already to do a book on young Fred and his life. Uh, not book, Wait, a TV show. Did she? Because Jennifer um... Worth's description of Fred isn't very generous. 
I mean, yeah, that's obviously what he was like, but... Well, Jennifer Worth's description of a lot of people is not very generous, and I'll just <laughs> say this, like, no spoilers here, but, like, I have read almost... I'm almost done with the second book, Shadows of the Workhouse, and... Is it I as mean, harrowing that... as the first, Jen? Because I'm about to start it. It's... Uh, okay, it's not, but oh, yeah. it's, it's, much e- it's much easier to read, but when it gets bleak it is as bleak as it gets i will just say that oh. like there's there's more kind of relief and it's like e- like narratively it's easier to read and it feels more you know like it flows much better than the first not better but like it flows more easily than the first one but yeah there's some still some really dark dark parts oh. in it i'm not going to lie birthday. i just i want a nice well we're not going to we have some more time to read the book so you no, no, i was going to start it tonight Oh no, I'd give yourself a night off on that one. <laughs> it's it's pretty sad, I'm just gonna say. But yeah, Jennifer Worth it like she is when she like wants to describe someone, she is merciless. Like she really goes for broke. But I thought she only wrote three books. Is is Julie saying she's written four? Well, no, yeah, she said it's illustrated. Oh yeah, yeah. Does she mean like does she really mean fourth book when she means fifth book? I don't know. We'll have to look we'll have to, we'll have to look it up. We'll have to Julie look it up. probably knows better than us, let's be honest. We've got a good little Call the Midwife reading list going, though. It's yeah, quite we have. Good. Yeah. And we will, we we can... will do it. We will yeah. definitely read them. It might take us 10 years, but we'll get there. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, thank God there's so many seasons of the show, because, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of peppering them in, which is good. Yeah, I don't want to keep reading them to read I know. We've got to take a break. This isn't a book club podcast, you know what I mean? This is a TV show podcast. And I don't think that is something we should really do, a book club podcast. I don't <laughs> think we do it. <laughs> it's hard enough getting an episode of call the midwife in but we did it we did it next week ladies we are reviewing recalling we're watching it and recalling all the details of series five episode three also bex you said season before i know i'm trying to be inclusive oh as a fellow american season user i appreciate that very much thank you yes Oh, also, Jen, I bought some pink stuff. I was going to send it over. Oh, oh, I'd love to try it. Yeah, I'll send. I'll send some, obviously, some chocolate over as well. Right? Oh, please do. I love caramels. I love boosts. I love bounties. You love a Tunnock's tea cake as well. Oh, I love a Tunnock's tea cake. I love it. Oh, also, Rington's Bex. Yeah. You know, we were talking about Rington's. My mum, because yeah. my mum's from the northeast, she was saying how Rington's was a big thing where she was. But yeah. she was talking just just weirdly the other day. She was saying, "Oh, we saw a Rington's van in uh, in che- yeah in Cheshire the other day." She couldn't believe you? It. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Did she get it? Did she get some? Uh, no, she was weirdly. She was at the fish van at the time. There's a man who comes to the shops with fish, sells fish, oh. and in a van he comes outside the shops at a certain time. And she fish was there. Fish van man. Fish fish but- yeah the fish van man. Fish van man. Yeah. Um, what did she buy fish? Yeah. Did, loads is... of lovely salmon breasts that I've got some of them in salmon breasts, salmon fillets that I've got in my uh in my freezer right now. She's got a load of prawns. She got did she, buy, did she buy any um kippers? kippers? She did. She very much did buy some kippers, yes. Kippers. Oh well, she, that's a she real also bought a dressed crab if you're interested. She loves a dressed crab. What's a dressed crab? It's a crab that's ready to eat. It's all prepared for you. It's all like in the shell, isn't it? Yeah. Does it have like is it only crab meat or does it have like lots of other stuff on it too? I think it's only crab meat. So it's not like herbs and breadcrumbs and butter and like all that kind of stuff on there. It's just crab ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, it's so. just the crab meat. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. It's their favorite thing in the world. Oh, I do love seafood. 
Oh, I bet it's so good. Anyway, on that note. Well, just gonna say, I mean, you guys like you're never like none of the British people are ever very far away from seafood, really. But like in the U.S., you can be like very far away from it. And um, I I don't eat a ton of seafood at the moment because of kind of where I live and like you know, I mean, we eat we eat it, but you know, like that freshness isn't as convenient for us geographically. So I like a salmon fillet. I just called it a breast, which I realize is weird. Uh, in the air fryer, salt and pepper on it is next level good. Oh, uh, well, this is this is the reason it made me think of it, because um, you girls know this, but my brother-in-law is from Rhode Island originally, and we've gone to visit him and his family there many times, which is delightful, because um, we grew up in Boston, so it's very close. And whenever we're there, we just eat, like, a ton of seafood, and they get the best seafood, like, literally right from, like, five minutes away, and it's very Fish Van Man vibes, and it's just the most always delicious seafood um, that we eat in a year. It's just so, it's so good. Not interesting to anyone else, but... Again, like I, liked I said, it. I'm, on, I'm on a lot of drugs and I'm just trying to relate. I liked it. Anyway, right, should we go? Should we let everyone go? <laughs> <laughs> Class dismissed. <laughs> uh, yeah, see you I'm, next I'm, week, everyone. Watch Series 5, Episode 3, and then you can uh, listen along with us. We'd absolutely love for you to listen and like and subscribe and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, everything. Please leave us ratings and reviewings if you can. Yeah. And tell your friends. Yeah. Let's, let's make this go viral. So, oh, and watch the adverts so Jen can come over and we can take part in Compline. Writers need to be part of this too. Yes. Yeah. Well, or just casting directors. Yes, I agree. Me, me and Jen have voices like angels. Yes. And I, I'll just mind. Becky's really good at miming and she knows about how to be an extra now from watching the. Are they still filming outside your office, Beck? No, I've not seen them since. Oh, right. Well, which yeah. Very valuable, yeah. Right. See you next week, everyone. Bye. See you next week. Bye bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.